Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I'm your host, Elena Fox. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time and that whenever and wherever you happen to be on this big, bright blue bouncing ball (laughs) that swirls around the sun with all of her friends. I hope that you're able to recognize why you don't feel the need or the want to ground yourself if you are like me. Now, a lot of you are all for it. You go outside, you put your feet to the earth and you ground yourself and you feel amazing, right? But some of us, a lot of us actually have a resistance to grounding ourselves. And I started thinking about this today and I know it sounds kind of silly, but I mean, I don't want my feet to get dirty. It's part of my uh, mild, you know, I'm on the spectrum in a very minuscule way, but I, you know, I'm on there and, you know, my autism, you know, that part of my brain just won't let me, uh, do certain things like certain things. I just, I don't want my feet dirty. I get really upset when they're dirty. And, um, even when I forced myself to get over it by walking around barefoot years ago, I would wash my feet many times a day and it would just, Oh, it would just, it would just irritate the hell out of me. (laughs) And a lot of people are like, Oh, ground yourself, you know, walk around on the, in the dirt or walk around in the grass. And I'm just like, Oh, I don't know what's in there. (laughs) It also could be the Virgo part of myself. I don't know, but there's something about this idea of grounding yourself just irritates the hell out of me. (laughs) And I just, my poor little feet, I just, it's like, I feel like I have to spend half my life protecting my feet. It's such a strange, it's a strange uh, thing in my brain where I'm like always thinking, well, I got to keep my feet. Like I'm constantly like right now, my feet are up off the floor. I'm barefoot, but I'm, I'm uh, putting my feet up on the wooden bar that goes across my um, bottom part of my desk. And when I get up, I have my shoes right there. They're always there. So I can put my feet into and keep them safe from the ground, which, you know, I kind of live in a construction zone. So it's, it's, um, you know, obvious that I would want to not wear or not be barefoot here. But I was thinking about the word ground and why even the word irritates me. And again, it might be my neurodivergent brain. It might be something else, but I started thinking about what does the word grounding mean in other, um, contexts? Well, let's see. I, I got grounded for drinking in high school a couple times. <laughs> and what does grounding mean? It means you're, you're, you're stuck. You can't leave home and you're, you're grounded and you've got to do extra chores and you get to have the added benefit of your parents scowling at you and being mean to you and abusing you emotionally and mentally extra, you know, extra more than the normal thing. And, and that doesn't feel good. (laughs) That's not good at all. And then I think about what else does grounding mean? Well, um, 
there's a song by America in which they say all the planes have been grounded. And I was thinking about that song the other day when I listened to it, you know, it popped into my head that the planes have all been grounded. And I'm like, oh yeah, well, during 9-11, the planes were grounded. They were, um, they were, uh, unable to leave, unable to, to leave the ground. It's almost like being, you know, grounded when you're, you know, a kid and your parents tell you you're grounded and it's such a negative thing. It's such a, like it gets stuck in your subconscious mind. And that's why for me, this just being grounded, just the idea of the word, it, it, it like is bubbling up and seeping to the surface right now in me. And I'm starting to remember all the reasons why we would shun this word on a subconscious level. And so that's another thing. And, and another word for grounding to ground something or to grind something is to, uh, pulverize it like a powder. You know, you take an herb and you ground it, um, or you take uh, wheat berries and you grind it into flour and you pulverize it. Well, nobody wants to fucking be pulverized, right? Nobody wants to be grounded or ground up, right? And it, I know this sounds weird and it's kind of a stretch, but I was thinking about all the meanings of this word or all the ways that we implicate um, various things by the use of this word and how strange it is that you would want to be that. <laughs> um, I don't want to be ground up. I don't want to be ground up and spit out. I don't want to be, um, working the daily grind. Does that mean that you're grounded? If you're working the daily grind, what does that mean? It usually means, um, I mean, for me personally, it means drinking coffee grind up the coffee and drink it. Right. I I don't mind that at all, but it's not happening to me, (laughs) but the grounding or, or, um, that when you grind, um, or do the daily grind, I mean, it means you're working, you're doing that nine to five or eight to five, or for some of you six to two, depending on what you do for a living. And you're also commuting an extra, what, 10 hours, you know, to 20 hours a week on top of the 40 to 60 hours you're already working in that idea of the daily grind. It's grounding you up. It's not grounding you down into the ground. And what is the ground itself? The, the, the earth, the ground is, um, dirt. I don't want to be dirt. Do you want to be dirt? No one wants to be dirt. You know, um, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Do you think about that idea? The reference of from whence you came, you become again, you become dirt and dust, which is the ground. You become the ground. Nobody wants to fucking be the ground. Nobody wants to be dirt. And this is kind of a strange stream of consciousness, um, (laughs) episode so far, but I was thinking about all the ways in which we use the word and then the new age hippies come along (laughs) those damn long haired new age hippies. I'm just kidding of which I'm one, but, (laughs) but the people in this spiritual movement and the, in the new age movement, they come along, you know, 20, 30 years after the new age movement started, which is based on old age ideas. It's not at all new at all, 
by the way, but they come along and, well, you need to ground. You got to ground. You got to constantly ground, 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 ground. And I've talked about this several times in my introductions, but this is the first day that I've actually thought about all the implications and the meanings of the word ground and none of them are positive. And that might be why my neurodivergent brain does not wish to ground in the usual way. And also I eat meat. So when I eat meat, I feel more grounded. I ate meat today actually. And I felt more grounded afterwards. Um, it makes me feel more solid and more like I'm here, you know, as opposed to having my heads and a head up in the clouds, you know, and, um, my heads, <laughs> I don't have more than one head not that you can see me to verify, but I don't have a vestigial twin out of the side of my neck. I don't have a head extra than the one that I, you know, <laughs> um, I know I sound high. You guys, I took this pill today. I hadn't had a cetirizine or Zyrtec in, um, Oh God. I mean, it's probably been eight or nine years, probably nine years. And I used to take this every day. This is my natural or not natural. It's not natural at all, but this was my usual prescription, um, from my old doctor to help treat, um, angioedema. And I forgot that I was even on this medicine. And today I went into the pharmacy and I asked them for an allergy pill. What do you have? And she showed me Cetirizine. I'm like, Oh yeah, I used to take this one. And I forgot it was Zyrtec. I was thinking it was Allegra, which is fexafenidine. And I also used to take that. I used to be on like seven different, um, anti, um, um, not anti-inflammatories, although they do that for me. Um, antihistamines. I was on different, um, antihistamines because the angioedema was so bad and I haven't taken anything for it for a very long time. I take the occasional Benadryl, which works, but knocks me on my ass, makes me very, very sleepy. Well, I took this at five o'clock at night and my God, it knocked me on my ass like Benadryl. (laughs) I don't remember doing this before. And I feel like my personality is slightly altered and I feel, um, really strange. I had to come home and, and I ended up sleeping for a couple hours, which was lovely because my cat, you know, decided to come and sleep on my head. (laughs) I had to explain to her, this is, this is how I breathe. Like you're sleeping on my face. Now, unless you're intending to kill me in my sleep, you really need to move over on the pillow girl. You know, <laughs> she's like sleeping on my face, on my head, you know? And, and when I try to move, she puts her, um, paw on my face and move my head back, like towards her heart. Like she's kind of trying to put my head on her chest, which is super, super adorable. But anyway, I, I went to the pharmacy today. You guys, I went and I, um, I just looked, it was 1122. There's your angel numbers for the day. But I, I bought like 17 different things at the pharmacy today. I had to buy a syringe. I had to buy a bag of saline solution and I had to buy all the equipment that goes with that to make an IV drip and like the saline solution in a bag, like in hospitals, right? It's kind of creepy that I had to buy this, but to cleanse my cat's wound and she won't allow me to do it. But 
I have it. I set it up. It's in the kitchen. I have it all ready to go. The minute she is in the right position, then I could just squirt this on her a little bit and try to cleanse her wound. And I I had to buy her three kinds of antibiotics. One of them is a spray topical, which I have to do after I cleanse her wound. It's like so ridiculous. And then I, the other thing was I have to, um, I have a a powder. I don't know how the hell I'm going to apply powder. She won't let me lay her down and pour it into her wound. And it's like a sulfurous kind of thing that apparently is quite painful. Oh, I just looked as 1233. 33 is another angel number. I've been seeing them constantly. And, um, so anyway, I have all this medicine for her and I had to, I got this powder, this antibiotic powder that somehow related to penicillin. And I had to add water to the bottle and shake it up. And it's this horrid smell and it mixed with orange, oranges smell, not a good flavor for a cat orange, you know, I mean, they should make one specifically for cats. It's like, you know, chicken flavored or beef flavored. She would probably go for that more. Well, I had to chase her around the house today. I mean, it was, I mean, it must've taken me 20 minutes just to get the full, um, syringe full of medicine down her throat, but she took her medicine. Okay. I mean, she didn't spit it out or throw up or anything, but I have to do this, um, twice a day for 10 days. That's 20 times, 19 more times to go every 12 hours. So (laughs) that's my knowledge Raven spell report right there. That is what we are going through in this household. She was sad the whole time. I told her I was going to go and get her medicine. So she insisted that I hold her. I have to hold her. I have to be there for her. And I mean, I must've held her for 90 minutes while I was waiting to get my shoes on when she, I was trying to do that when she wasn't looking and nope, she knew it. She just senses it jumped into my arms, just made me hold her for 90 minutes. Usually it's 10 minutes at the most. Usually she does not want to be held so much. So I know she's not feeling good. She did not try to race outside. When I left, when I came home, she tried to kind of sneak past me, but she wasn't fighting me too much. She capitulated to my wants and needs faster than she ever does. She was just like, all right, you're right. I'm not going outside. So I think she's a little bit afraid now to go outside after what happened, even though she doesn't act like she's in too much pain, but oh God, this is such a nightmare. So, um, I told her the next time you go outside, we'll probably be on a leash if you can learn to leash train. So, well, we'll see how that goes. So my cat is grounded (laughs) again, back to the main topic. My, my cat is grounded today. So, um, the other thing in the spiritual way, what is grounding? So basically connecting yourself to the earth in a way in which you feel not so airy fairy or light in your head, which I love that feeling. So I try not to be grounded. I try to be up in the clouds all the time. I love the higher vibrational energies. I don't like the lower grounding into the ground type of energy connecting to the earth. It's I'm my natural home is in another dimension. I'm, you know, a multidimensional being as are you, as are all of us. But my original home is like earth's heaven. That's where I was created to be 
and um, that's where I hope to go back to someday soon. Well, not soon, soon. I mean, I don't want to die. Not right now. I'm not afraid of myself. I mean, death, but, um, (laughs) I am the archangel of death. I am Archangel Azrael incarnate, not to be confused with the new country from 1950 or something, you know, over in the Middle East, Israel. I'm not, I'm not that I'm Azrael, but, um, my natural home is not the earth. So I kind of like that, you know, flighty angelic energy, that airy fairy woo, up in the clouds type of thing. Um, being grounded to me doesn't feel great, but I do, I do eat beef that does help, you know, whether it's, you know, or, or food when I eat food, that seems to be the thing that grounds me. Even eating oatmeal grounds me, you know, anything that makes my stomach feel a little bit heavy. I feel like I'm solid. I'm here. I'm here now, you know, but, um, a lot of people are always talking about it. And I do notice that the greater majority of people that mention grounding constantly are vegans who don't eat heavy food. And so they have to, um, get their grounding elsewhere, such as touching their feet to the ground. And that was an insight that prime creator showed me that people that eat heavy amounts of, um, you know, like heavy food, like cream or butter or cheese, meat, you know, um, heavier foods that make you feel more grounded, more solid. They don't talk about it as much. I thought that was a very interesting insight, you know, no judgment, you know, either way. I mean, I'd be vegan if I could get away with it. My body just does not allow for it though. I can't, um, I've tried and it makes me sick and makes me weak and I feel horrible and I developed diseases and I almost died from trying to be a vegetarian slash vegan. Like I was a vegetarian for nine years and three or four times a week I went vegan, like straight up. And it was hard. I was like, God, this is really, um, it's really hard, you know, on my body. I didn't have extra energy. I had a lot less when I eat a lot of vegetables. I go to bed and I sleep for hours. It's very weird. My body does the opposite of what, what, you know, other people's do for some weird reason. And Dr. Berg explains all the reasons if you're very curious about this, but, um, on YouTube, but, um, I was always having an adverse reaction to the word ground. And, and when I really put some actual thought into it this evening, while I laid in bed going, I really should be doing my show. (laughs) And I was feeling exhausted. I think the Ceterazine just kicked my ass. And now I know I'm just going to only take it when I'm about to go to bed. And, um, I used to take this during the day all the time. So, wow, that really explains a lot. Honestly, back in the day when I was taking tons of stuff and I don't want to take it constantly, but I'm going to take it this week and see what happens. I've already lost 10 pounds of water weight just from this one pill. And it's only been like, I don't know, um, nine hours or something since I took it. So, um, anyway, yeah, there's that. So if you yourself feel upset by the word grounded and and you like flinch a little bit, you know, inside or outside, or you just kind of like, ugh, you know, ugh, I hate to hear, I hate hearing that word. 
It might be why, you know, there's other negative, there's so much negativity surrounding this poor, innocent, sweet little word that we don't, um, you know, but we have these weird energies surrounding it. So in case you're feeling that, you know, and other ways to actually ground yourself is just to imagine your energy is going into the center of the earth. And I always imagine the beautiful, enormous 60 foot crystals in the center of the earth. And I imagine that they are shooting up rays of radiant light my way. And maybe that's ungrounding me yet again. I don't know, but I love that energy. And then I fill my chakras and stuff with it. And I ask my higher self, what color, uh, crystal I want to use today, you know, for what, whatever my energy, you know, however it will help my energy. Sometimes there's the green tourmaline ones, sometimes the amethyst, or if I feel like I, I need more love, mother love energy, I use the, um, pink rose quartz crystal, um, you know, crystalline energy and the plain clear quartz when I don't have another, um, you know, another thing to work on when I'm just like, I just want to be filled with light. So I tap into the crystalline energy that is inside this planet. We are crystalline beings. We're becoming crystalline, not light beings, but lighter beings, you know, um, we're working on it. We're working on it. So I know I sound like hell. I, 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 hopefully I'm not coming across that way. I feel like hell a little bit just because of this, uh, Zyrtec <laughs> like damn, but it, it is helping my body. I think cause my body's working overtime to get rid of the excess water weight that I've been carrying for like, I would have to say months. And I just thought I was overweight. Apparently I wasn't. It's just water weight. So, wow, what a difference a pill makes, right? <laughs> ah, anyway, so um, what else? I wanted to mention to you guys, a few things have been happening to me outside of what I mentioned in last night's show about the 11 strange signs you're hopping up a timeline. And one of the things that started to happen, and I don't know if it's multidimensional ascension related or hopping up a timeline related, or if it's all related together in one big ball of confusion, I'm not really sure, but a few people have mentioned this to me as well, that they were looking at something that they were typing and they were getting ready to send it. And then the typing went backwards or the words on the page changed like right before their eyes. And they're not even touching the screen. And I mean, it could be the little leprechauns, you know, inside our, <laughs> inside our tablets and phones. I always say that. I mean, there's probably not really that. So don't panic, but I, I feel like it must be something inside our tablet. Just like, Oh, nope. I don't like that sentence. Let's you know, the little editor, the little leprechaun editor, that little bastard keeps changing my words <laughs> and changing the meaning of what I say. <laughs> Not really. I love, I love all leprechauns. So if any leprechauns are listening, I love you guys very much. I love all the fays in the fairy world. But, um, but I was thinking that, I mean, it might just be a glitch in the system or it might just be, you know, maybe my device is somehow haunted or 
It may be somebody is, you know, taking control of my device and being an asshole to me, like a hacker or something. But it's happened to a lot of people in the past, I would say two to three weeks where people have mentioned it, um, in groups I'm a part of, or, um, just my friends have said, Holy crap, this thing just happened to me. And where you'll look at your screen and it'll be everybody's words are on top of everybody else's words, all scrambled up into one and and you can't read it and you have to back out of the screen or turn your device off and turn back on. That might be a scent, a symptom possibly of hopping up a timeline. And the other thing was, um, where your words just change on the page right before your very eyes that you're getting ready to send. Now, much, uh, less experienced by people I've spoken to, but still happened to at least one other person, maybe two other people that I've spoken to about this after you've sent a message or even a message that somebody else has sent, you'll look at it and it changes. The words will change before your very eyes. It'll be one word and there'll be a completely different sentence and then it'll come back. Now, this also happened when I looked up lyrics to a song. I can't remember what song, but I looked up the lyrics and I was looking at the lyrics like, oh, this is really interesting. I like what the artist needed to say or tried to say during this little, you know, section of the lyrics. And then all of a sudden I saw the lyrics lift up off the page and then it like faded out for a minute and then came back and it showed the, the original lyrics that the person meant to write down like what they originally wrote down. And then, and then it reversed and reverberated reverberated. Is that the right word here? Not sure. Retrograded. (laughs) See, I'm messing up because of Mercury retrograde. All the words are not totally clear, but it went back to basically. So I, so here's the sentence that it is, the, the lyrics that it is. And then I saw it like kind of lift up and hover above the page. And I got to see the words that they originally intended and wrote. And then that they broke free from that idea and they just kind of threw it away. And then I see the paragraph that they did write that they did put in the song. I, I, I think one other person told me they saw that happen. Like, it's just like it got fuzzy and faded and then lifted up off the page and then all the letters were rearranged and it's something else entirely. And then that disappeared like smoke and then it came back to the screen. And now I don't know if this is hopping a timeline. I don't know if I'm looking at something multidimensionally or interdimensionally. I mean, we are kind of heavily influenced right now by the fourth dimension So maybe I was looking at the mental processes of the artist that wrote the song, the songwriter himself or herself. I don't know, but it's a bizarre thing that has now happened to me probably two or three times, I would say in the past three weeks. So, um, there's that, (laughs) you know, living multidimensionally and interdimensionally and becoming aware of all of it there's going to be some weird shit that happens. Um, and that's just one of them, one of the things. So there was that, um, I'm trying to think of what else. Um, oh, and that was another thing. Videos, lyric videos. 
I was watching a lyric video. Um, I think it was the song beautiful by queen Herbie. Maybe it was that lyric video that it's, she didn't make it herself. It's somebody, or maybe she did. Maybe it was the one she did make. And it's like blue with white puffy clouds in the background. And it's a very positive, uplifting song. And, um, there was some words I, you know, when I first learned the song, I would watch the video and I liked it because it matched. It was always perfectly in sync with the lyrics that were being sung at the time I was reading them. It was just easy. You know, it was perfect. You know, you need to learn the lyrics, right? Um, sometimes with these videos and if they don't match or you, or it, the words come in a beat too late. Now you're off, you know, you're not singing it correctly or whatever. And, um, this video I've watched many, many times, many times. And all of a sudden, like the day that those two CMEs hit at once, followed by the scientists saying, that's weird. It must've missed us. It didn't hit us at all. It was that day or the day after I watched the same video and there was some lyrics that I was still like, wait a minute. I think I'm not quite remembering that line, right. Or whatever. I knew that I'd hopped a timeline too. And I'm like a little bit, you know how it makes you confused. So I was like, I'm going to go see if that's, uh, you know, how exactly she says that. So I, went to the video. I looked it up and nothing was synced. Suddenly the video is completely off. It doesn't work. It was like, Whoa. Um, it was coming in late. Like she would sing 10 words and then suddenly they'd come up on the page or it would glitch out and the music was continuing, but the video itself wasn't synced up. What I was, the visual wasn't synced up to the audio And it's like, how the hell is this a YouTube video has always been together. And if it glitches out, it just has that wheel that turns around and around on a blank screen, you know, with the rest of the background faded out. It's not totally, you know, it doesn't suddenly become non-synchronous with each other. It's all one video. Like it's not, you're not getting two live feeds of audio and, and, and a video, right? or visual and audio. It just seems like it it should be synced always since it was synced when it was uploaded. Suddenly it's completely out of phase and out of sync with itself. It didn't make any sense. And, um, then the next day it did it again. And I'm like, what the hell? And then I hopped up another couple timelines, went back to the same video and it was synced perfectly. And I thought this is freaking weird. So I knew it's because I was hopping timelines. So I wanted to bring that up since it was kind of a supplemental information based on, um, what I said yesterday, but I thought about it afterwards. Um, so it wasn't just objects appearing and disappearing or being moved when you're the only one living in a, in a place and suddenly something's moved. It's like, that's creepy. It was always there. Now it's over here. You know, um, even, objects on a video can be moved. Like the words, you know, will be blurred out or will be coming in too soon or too late on a, on a lyric video. That was, I mean, it's like a very weird and obscure reference or, or, um, 
to something like to one of my personal activities where I look at words as they're being sung because I want to learn I want to learn how to rap and it's like a weird hobby of mine and so you know I listen to all these rap songs some in Spanish some in English and I like to look at the lyric videos and I will save them you know like in a playlist if it's a really decent lyric video um, so that I can learn different styles and different whatever and it's weird when they're suddenly not in sync with each other it's just I don't know it, it blew my mind I was like wow so <laughs> um, anyway there's that I want to get into spaceweather.com I'm not feeling too good I am going to channel for you guys tonight um, Michael Sherhan of Ashtar Command I tried to connect with him earlier and I feel like I'm connected but he didn't really say much to me maybe he's already maybe he's asleep I don't know maybe he's somehow <laughs> you know being you know channeled by somebody else he's quite in demand um, I asked prime creator who I should channel and this is the one that came up and so that's at this moment that's who I'm planning on channeling we'll see how it goes but um, if not I'll, I'll find somebody else to have a little chat with um, to get some information for you guys. Oh, I just looked. It was 33:22. So, oh my God, with the the numbers already. I mean, this is like how I believe we're in. A, this is why I believe we're maybe in a simulation. Like, this is all just too weird. But um, yeah, I'm gonna try to talk to him. It's weird that usually he comes. I feel him. Oh, I just looked. 33:44. That's insane. There it is again. Um, <laughs> and I'm looking at the solar wind and we have 7.7 .7, here we go 77 7.7 protons per cubic uh, centimeter is the density of the current solar wind um, I didn't know I guess they, they measured in protons that's how um, and then you know they measure cosmic radiation coming our way in neutrons all the different parts of a molecule or atom that's so strange anyway um all right, so we have not yet been hit by the solar wind. We were supposed to get that um, Friday and Saturday. But also, I remember, and I'm sure we all hopped a timeline, because if you listen to, I believe, Monday's show, I said that we're going to get hit on Tuesday and Wednesday, and suddenly it's not happening. And yet the sun had released the solar wind our direction, and we're not receiving it, even though we had aurora, aurora borealises. Space weather's not mentioning it. So either we did receive it and everyone ignored it, or we did receive it, hopped up a timeline in which it doesn't register that we received it. I don't know. It's it's yeah, that's another sign. Maybe I don't know. It's it's all so mysterious to me today. <laughs> so spaceweather.com is where we go for the space weather news. This is a scientific website and I relay it to you guys in my own um, ideas of how it affects us. Although the scientists have said any kind of radiation, gamma rays or anything, it affects our DNA. Now, spiritually speaking, I believe it affects our DNA if we are consciously aware of it and we can utilize it from that consciousness that we are 
using it to go upwards ever onwards um you know in the direction of ascension to the fifth dimension so anyway current solar wind speed is 391.8 kilometers per second and um the sunspot ar2882 has a beta gamma magnetic field that harbors energy for m-class solar flares as we mentioned yesterday so we'll see if it happens or not before it goes around the edge of the sun out of our view and by that time we'll be out of danger of that m-class solar flare ulu neutron counts right now are high they've gone up by 0.3 percent in the past 48 hours we are at 8.8 percent of the space age average and oh my gosh the all sky fireball network um and the nasa's all sky cameras that scan the skies above the United States for meteoritic fireballs, well, they did a good job today because they caught 39 fireballs on camera. 33 were sporadic. Here we go again with the number 33. Another angel number for you means the the ascended masters are with you at this time. So 33 of these fireballs were sporadic. Two were Orionids. Two were Southern Taurids. One was a Chi Torrid. Never heard of that before. C H I, Chi Torrid. One was an October Delta Aragid. So, wow, we're, I mean, you might want to go look up, look for meteors or meteorites right now. I mean, it sounds quite fascinating out there right now. The solar wind flowing from the minor equatorial corona hole will reach Earth on the 15th and the 16th. That's Friday and Saturday of this week, as I mentioned. So there's something very cool and strange on the spaceweather.com's website right now. Now it says, uh, another CME coronal mass ejection from the sun is coming our way, but this one might miss. So they can't tell if we're going to get hit with it or not. A magnetic filament connected to the AR-2882 did erupt during the early hours of the 12th of October. The debris is expected to pass in front of Earth on the 15th, which is Friday. So the near miss could spark Arctic auroras, but probably not a geomagnetic storm. So we will see and maybe not wait with bated breath. I, it, you know, It may or may not happen. So, when is an aurora borealis not an aurora? During the G2 class geomagnetic storm from yesterday in the skies over Alberta, Canada, they were filled with northern lights, but also something else. Now, according to Alan Dyer, he photographed a SAR, S-A-R. It is the red arc that cuts across the Milky Way in his picture, which is a wide angle exposure, it's quite interesting. There's like a bunch of uh, big green blobs in the sky, and then this massive um, red streak, and then underneath it, it's like um, it almost looks like a space hamburger. <laughs> and underneath it, it's another green streak that looks like a bun of a hamburger. It's very odd. 
Okay. So stars are related to auras, but they're not the same. Regular auroras appear when high energy particles rain down from space. It hits the atmosphere up a um, hundred to 200 kilometers high and it causes it to glow like the picture tube of an old color TV. But SARS are formed differently. They are a sign of heat energy leaking into the upper atmosphere at 400 kilometers high from Earth's ring current system. I don't even know what that is. Ring current system. I don't know. I've never heard of that before. So these vivid red arcs were discovered in 1956 at the beginning of the space age. And they have been recorded by cameras on satellites hundreds of times since. Most Aurora Borealis watchers have never seen one though, because they're very faint usually. Now, this person says, Dyer, he says, this star was invisible to the eye, but my camera recorded it with ease. And a time lapse shows it's circling from east to west. So that is really cool that the camera is able to capture things that the human eye cannot. And I, I just want to mention it because it's very odd. It's a strange picture if you want to go check it out on spaceweather.com. All right, Schumann Resonance News. Now, uh, going to disclosurenews.it, we have Power 8. That's it. That's all it says, Power 8. And it's like there's nothing. There's no blips. There's no massive anything, according to disclosurenews.it coming out of Italy. It's just like pfft, normal. <laughs> 7.83 hertz frequency is a normal Schumann Resonance. So it's really nothing to write home about. It's just the way it's supposed to be. Uh, HeartMath.org, however, has a different story to tell. So uh, this is from two days ago on Monday, October 11th, at the 2300 hour in California. They uh, registered 86 hertz frequency. And keep in mind, this is... um, the Schumann resonances that they recorded over an hour. I don't know if it's like over an hour and then, um, you know, several times over that hour or, you know, if it's uh, divided up, you know, like they took 10 measurements and divided it up, you know, by 10, you know, added it together and divided it up to get an average. I don't know. I don't know exactly how they're doing this, but this is what they say. 86 Hertz frequency was in California Hafuf Saudi Arabia, as well as Northland, New Zealand right now are at zero hertz frequency. Lithuania was at 152 hertz frequency. And Alberta, Canada was at 149 hertz frequency. And last but not least, Halului, South Africa was at 170 hertz frequency. So there you go. Um, that's the basically the geophysical and space weather news uh, for today um, and for obviously Monday. All right. I'm going to take a quick break, guys. When I come back, I'm going to channel somebody. I I think it's going to be Michael Sherhan of Ashtar Command and the Palladian Light Forces. If I can get in touch with him, Prime Creator said to talk to him. So we're going to try to connect them again. Um, 
I think he's okay. Yeah, Prime Creator says he's okay. Like, he's still alive and whatnot. So he is very good at telepathy, and he is possibly an ascended master, even though he's commanding all of the forces in the in the galaxy, um, all the Pleiadian ships, all the light ships you see around the Earth. Anytime you see videos of this on any social media, you know, the light ships, those are Pleiadians, and they're all commanded by this person I'm going to channel tonight, Ashtar, is a um, name kind of like um, colonel or president or captain. You know, it's not really his actual name, although a lot of people say Ashtar and everybody knows it's him. Um, It's Ashtar Command um, is what he's in charge of. And it just is a Palladian word for star. And, um, but his name is Michael Shearhand. So anyway, we're going to go ahead and, um, channel him right after this message. And I looked and it was 44 minutes, 55 seconds. So there you go. (laughs) I'll be right back guys. guys i've been making episodes of metaphysical soul speak the podcast for a while now and many of you have contacted me wondering just how you can support me and my podcast well i have two solutions for this question number one is to become a listener supporter in which you go to the anchor app locate my channel and sign up anywhere from 99 cents to nine dollars and 99 cents monthly and you can stop anytime or number two is to make a one-time donation of any amount via zelle bank to bank or through paypal using my email mermaidgirl888 at gmail.com also located in the show description now with this option you aren't uh obligated monthly in any way and you're also not limited thank you all so much in advance for your support Let's keep metaphysical soul speak on the air and onward and upward to the fifth dimension together, guys. Thank you. All right, so I am connected to Michael Sherhan of Ashtar command and he is a commander of the Pleiadian light forces they um, it's kind of like the Air Force or the Navy <laughs> but Pleiadian spaceships basically and they are um, working throughout our galaxy to possibly the universe I think and they are keeping the peace and outside of our planet that has seemed quarantined for a while, like a very, very long while, um, there are uh, trading posts. And if any of you have ever watched Cosmic Disclosure, there's uh, one called the Jupiter Station, I believe. It's part of Solar Warden. 
which is also part of our galaxy. So there's a lot of things that we don't quite know about officially. Um, I think the information is forthcoming eventually, but anyway, Ashtar, uh, Sherhan, um, or Michael Sherhan is part of this and he's the commander of all of it. He's like the top notch dude and he's deeply spiritual, very, um, positive and amazing person so far. So good. At least I've, uh, been in contact with him. In fact, he contacted me and, uh, a few years back, somebody contacted me that also had been contacted by Ashtar Sherhan and the DMT guy that I met last week, same thing. He has also been in contact with Ashtar Sherhan. And so he's been quite busy contacting people on the planet. A lot of people do channel him because he wants to get his message, um, across or messages across. So that's what we're going to do tonight. I'm going to channel, um, just let him go and he could talk about whatever. I have no idea what he, uh, has in store for us tonight. I never do. I just say whatever comes to my mind, um, directly from the person that I'm channeling. Now, uh, for the record, I am not a direct channeler. I don't step my soul aside from the body and allow another soul to take over temporarily. A lot of channelers do that. I don't, um, I don't like getting my feet dirty and I don't like other people taking over my body. That just feels creepy to me. I don't do creepy things (laughs) like that. So, um, basically I telepath. So I am an indirect channeler and I've been doing it publicly for a few years now for you guys for the show but I have been telepathing my entire life as long as I can remember I think about the time I started to walk is when I was first contacted um, via telepathy um, by a raven who I called grandfather and this raven would come to my uh, window and tap its little beak on my window when I was a toddler and I would just sit there and he would tell me funny stories and funny things and he talked to me about spiritual lessons and we were you know basically telepathing with each other for a long time until my mom started chasing him off and then I think he decided to stay away because it was upsetting my mother (laughs) I think it was really one of my ancestors in a raven body Um, For those of you who don't really know what a raven is, I think you all do. But if I have a lot of listeners that have English as a second language and also um, a lot of people from other countries. So they don't have ravens. Like I live in Ecuador. We don't have ravens here. It's a North American um, species and it's a giant black bird and they can get, um, I would say, up to two feet tall. I mean, in Mexico, I saw some ravens that were massive. So... Anyway, so that's what it is, basically. It's um, a bird associated with death, actually. But um, I'm the archangel of death, so there you go. (laughs) I think I said that at 4 minutes and 44 seconds into this. And by the way, I, I 
stopped. Oh my God. I'm starting this at 4:33 AM and I ended the first part at 2:44 AM. <laughs> oh man. So I heard, uh, from a friend of mine blast from the past. I haven't heard from him in years, not since 2018, actually my friend, Tom from Kansas, who's now in Florida. And I just was like, wow, pretty cool to uh, get a random text from him tonight. Anyway, so it took me a little bit extra to get back to you guys tonight. And so anyway, so here we are. I've already connected to him. He said he's available now. I had to wait, you know, about a half hour. Then I got busy doing something else for another half hour. So anyway, here I am. So, uh, Michael Sheerhan, you may go ahead. Ashtar, please uh, begin transmission now. Greetings, everybody. I am Ashtar Sherhan. I am the commanding um, officer and basically the commander of all of the light forces. And by light, we say um, the Milky Way galaxy is the light um, part of that. We say light forces, though, also because our ships are um, resembling sparkling lights especially as you see them in the third dimension and in the fifth dimension they are actually quite large and quite pretty to look at uh but the smaller ships that you see surrounding your planet are pretty much individually piloted by our um various uh pleiadian crews that are um, from the various larger spacecraft that surround your planet that uh, the greater majority of you cannot see as of yet. We do keep our devices cloaked. Those of you who are very psychic can see, uh, can see the ships. A lot of you can sense that we are here, um, even if you can't see us. And if you ever go outside and you sense that we are there, and even if you think we might be trying to contact you, chances are you're, you're probably correct. We try to reach the uh, minds and the hearts and the souls of those of you who are awake on this ascension journey. And we try to give you a sense and feeling of hope and of joy and love. And we are forevermore trying to extend our friendship to all of you. We enjoy a great deal when we do make contact, when you recognize that we are contacting you and that we are real and that you're not having a spasm of the brain or you're not insane or having a stroke. As soon as you realize that it it is us and we are here, trying to contact you from the fifth dimension, we are thrilled at the moment when we are able to finally make contact. And each one of you, all of the individual people that we have been able to contact, we are um, thrilled to be in touch with you. And we are grateful that we were able to make... um, that connection because 
And here's a huge announcement. Uh, Many of you, or in fact, all of you that we've contacted actually have in your genetic code from your earth, you do have Pleiadian DNA in your blood. And that is one reason why we're contacting you specifically, if you have been contacted. And this is one, um, one point we would like to make is that you are also able to receive these kinds of coded, um, downloads or messages that we send to you in addition to the telepathic contact or the dreams. Sometimes we reach you when you are in a uh, drug induced state, um, usually self induced with psychedelics or even sometimes with, um, cannabis or weed as you guys call it. Um, we, contact you because you are related to us, but you're also able to hear us because you have that Pleiadian DNA and that DNA is special and unique in the way that it really opens you up when you are ready for it to telepathic communion and communication with species of all kinds, especially with birds Okay, that kind of freaks me out, guys. I am not saying this. This is what he's saying to me. Hold on a minute, Ashtar. This is... I I just mentioned the raven. That's so... Okay, that makes, like, so much more sense. I didn't even know. He showed me a bunch of birds, like, in the trees, and he didn't show me a raven, but it's weird that I just said that, right? Okay, anyway, just... Okay, continue, uh, Ashtar. Sorry, I just had a little mild epiphany there. (laughs) I never put that together at all. Um, And by the way, you guys, uh, I did mention, um, I think in season four, that I had come across something that said what your DNA is, it's hidden in plain sight on your family crest or heraldry, and you are Pleiadian. You have DNA in you that is Pleiadian if you have birds of any sort or kind on your family crest. It's hidden in plain sight so that you could discover it later. So I do have birds. In fact, I have a lot of birds. I have um, on a couple different family crests. You know, when you look at your grandparents, and that's four different families to look at. (laughs) It's pretty interesting. I have a lot of birds. I have a parrot, and then I've got these white, like, swans type of birds. So... All right. Yeah, there it is. Okay, go ahead, Ashtar. (laughs) So you were saying that um, telepathic communication with you guys as well as with birds. And to a much lesser extent, but it's veritable that you would be able to as well communicate with plants and all the other life forms on your planet, including animals, even insects, if you wanted to, and I don't believe they'd be terribly interesting, but even little, uh, protozoa or proto plasmic creatures, it's possible to even see what their level of consciousness is. Although, um, we recommend trying to communicate with and commune with the whales and the dolphins because they themselves are creatures that were seeded here from the um, 
Pleiades star system from a couple of the planets over there. And we wanted to, um, express that even though it's been said maybe by a couple other channelers have caught on to this information, but it's always interesting, um, for the new people to hear this, you know, people that are new to the information. So we like to mention it quite often. Plus we just think whales and dolphins are the coolest. So we had to mention that. So, um, we do try to put people together. We do try to bring people together and we do try to help people in their stages of enlightenment and in enlightening themselves. And this includes lightening your load. And, you know, as far as energetics are concerned, as far as, um, he's saying de-stressing and de-densing. Are you saying de-densing? He's like, yeah, I'm attempting to make up a word. He's, I think he's tired a little bit because he's been working all day, but all right. Um, so yeah, de-densing your body. Um, it's not an official word of course, but making your bodies less dense. And we are here to help with this process. And a lot of you have, um, asked us with the, um, various ways we've told you things that you can do or say to connect with us in order to, um, have our help when you feel that you're physically or emotionally or mentally struggling with some of these, um, harder ascension symptoms, but we wanted to, uh, make it easier for you. And we've come up with the solution and we just wanted to say, um, Ashtar blue. And I'm double checking the guys. I'm making sure this is what he said. You said Ashtar Blue. Muscle testing says yes. I just three times in a row did the muscle testing. So whenever you say Ashtar Blue three times, and this is very easy. A lot of you are not remembering the, the number code we gave you. You could just say Ashtar Blue and let us know whatever it is that you want. And somebody will, um, you know, hear you and get back to you. We do have a number of people on our ships that are surrounding your, um, planet that are able, you know, of course galaxy, but mostly the planet. And we have ships with people that are specifically, uh, telepathic empaths that their only job is to sit and listen open up their channel and, Ooh, I just looked guys. It was 15 minutes and 55 seconds in. Just wanted to let you guys know. And Holy moly, it's 4:44 AM right now. Oh my God. It's, it's constant with these numbers. Now I have my eyes closed this whole time. I opened my eyes and there it is. <laughs> Oop, there it is. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Ashtar. So we have people that these are the, this is their only job is to sit and open up all hailing frequencies as Aurora or, um, Ahura says on your, um, Star Trek, they open up all their mental frequencies and they just wait for people who are trying to contact us for various reasons for channeling out of curiosity or people who are in need, uh, physical or 
emotional or mental, um, you know, when they have needs in these areas. So we have been talking amongst ourselves and we had a meeting recently and we've decided that we will honor all the old codes and even the Pleiadian, um, words that we've given out to various people, um, for help, but we decided to make it easy. And if you just say Ashtar blue, we will hear you. We will know that you're talking to us. And this way we'll just listen for the the word Ashtar. And if we hear blue, it's going to be easier to pick out from the sea of voices that are empaths that are telepathic can hear. So just for example, you can say Ashtar blue. I have a headache. I think it's Ascension flu. Please help me. Please send healing. And we will, we will send you healing. We'll send you beams of healing light that will feel uh, like it's radiating all around you. We send, um, a packet of healing light energy. That's, uh, very much like your star Trek, uh, you know, when they are transporting on or off the ship in the original series where they just are a series of white light dots and phase out. That's kind of what it looks like, but it's kind of a a baby blue or electric baby blue color of, of dots and molecules that we will surround you with. And all you need to do after you call out, wait 30 seconds, you know, you call for us, you tell us what the problem is wait 30 seconds and then just breathe in. And when you have your eyes closed and you're focusing on this, you just imagine that you're breathing in these baby blue electric baby blue molecules into your nose. And when you breathe out, you're breathing out any old stagnant energy of your, um, of what is bothering you. So if it's a headache, you imagine that stagnant energy is coming out of your head and specifically where the pain is. If it's, um, you know, a backache, you know, you imagine it blowing out of your mouth, but you're pulling it with your breath. You're just pushing it away, blowing it away out of your spine. So in this way we can help. And you can imagine that these little electric blue bubbles are like champagne bubbling up inside you, fixing any and all negativity, doubt, fear, insecurities, worry, depression, angst, anxiety, anything that emotionally or mentally worries you. And also, um, anything that is of a physical nature, such as an upset stomach or a headache or any kind of pain, um, at all and any kind of discomfort. Now with one caveat, we'd like to say this can never take the place of your medical profession or the medicine that you all are using right now on your planet and be, uh, be aware that one day we will see you physically next to you. We will, uh, scan everybody's bodies that wishes to be checked out and we will help everybody in every possible way that we can. We will set up med camps all around the planet and also, um, or basically camps and they will have a med component 
for those of you who need to um, be treated for various things. We have the ability, we have the technology to cure almost every disease known to man. And we have excellent and brilliant scientists that can cure anything that, you know, or most things that humans have, but anything that you have that we cannot, that we don't currently have a cure for, our guys, our technical and scientific teams will be able to actually uh, work on, on those things. And it doesn't take them very long to figure it out because not only are they scientific and technical, our people um, have a deep and powerful connection to the divine. And we use our spiritual abilities to function in our everyday life. And we make this a way of life. This is part of our Pleiadian culture that we don't talk about much. But we wanted to share that with you tonight. So, um, even the most logical person in our culture will also turn to the spiritual. We have a very balanced nature. And even though we don't live in actual duality as you do, we laughingly joke about this being our dual nature, even though from our perspective, everything is connected. Everything is unified. And we also kind of chuckle about the idea of your unified field theory, because in the fifth dimension, you have the awareness that everything is unified, that there is a field and it is no theory. So we, uh, were interested in, um, your people, not just from this now, not just from this time of being in the throes of physical ascension, but we have been interested in your, all of your humanity for thousands of years, as we have mentioned before. And now you know that many times when we say this, a lot of you would think, well, that's rather odd. Why are they so fascinated with our culture? You know, our earth culture, why do they want to be a part of this? Are we that special? And to this, we kind of spill the beans a little bit and say, yes, you are that special, but it's because you're actually related to us. In the past, we have said things like, you are like our little brothers and sisters. We like to watch out for you. You're like our little cousins. But this time we're actually admitting that you indeed are our distant relatives. And this is not just a funny metaphor by saying distant because the Pleiades are so many light years away. We mean that in genetic coding, you are all um, related to us. I mean, well, most of you, he's saying most of you, I, I, I'm Elena. I said, I mean (laughs) the words I mean, but, um, so he, he just want, he like, he said that correctly. I had to backtrack because I said it wrong. Sorry about that guys. 
All right, Ashar, go ahead. So for those of you who do have the, the DNA structures in your blood from us, you are going to start developing natural abilities. We've heard you say superhuman, but they're actually Pleiadian abilities and they're not necessarily super Pleiadian abilities. They are just normal and natural that, um, are part of the developing, uh, mind and the developing physicality as you grow older and also more, um, spiritual and higher in vibration, these abilities naturally occur. And many of these abilities include obviously, um, telepathic communication and psychic visions and locating lost objects, those kinds of things. Um, all the clairs, all of the, uh, clairvoyant clairs, you know, um, clairsentience, clairaudience, um, you know, knowing the future, um, holding an object and understanding something about the previous owner, especially if it's a metal object, we have, uh, an affinity to crystals and metals and we're able to read them easily not so much other like synthetic materials like polyester or plastic we cannot feel the emanations from but the natural things such as metal and crystals hold a special energy and in their um, very makeup and their crystalline structures um, they can hold energy that can be read later on and it's much easier to store information in these, which is why many of you are very interested in crystals because of the throwback energy from the civilization of Atlantis. And, um, the Pleiadians were very much in active trade with the Atlanteans back when that was a thriving metropolis. If you want to call it that, it was a very beautiful time and we have some fond, uh, stories and memories that we refer to sometimes. In fact, a lot of these stories, we tell our children about your Atlantis. This is a typical bedtime story for a Pleiadian boy or girl is to hear about the, in a land far, far away called Tierra or I'm sorry. He said Tara, right? Yeah. Okay. Tara T E R R A. I I saw him and I saw him say that, but Tierra is how you say earth in Spanish. So I just said it wrong. So, um, so we'll say in a, in a planet far, far away, a beautiful blue dot on our horizon. When we, um, traverse through the galaxy, we will see this bright blue planet and we look for it as we travel in our spaceships and we will just relay the stories. We'll, we'll make up stories or tell actual stories to our children. And we've been doing this for thousands of years on a planet called Terra lives a civilization called Atlantis and 
the people have developed themselves scientifically and technologically in a way in which they're able to swim under the water without gear. They are able to fly through the air without machines. But of course you have jetpacks. You had jetpacks back then, but some of the humans um, changed their genetic coding with technology that they were given by other civilizations. Some of them grew gills or experimented with um, transplants and also genetic coding for having wings. And it's been something of a fascination to humankind since at least and probably a long time before from the days of Atlantis. As far as um, having enhancements genetically to change your bodies, to do things that your bodies normally don't do. And he's showing me, you guys, some people grew scales on their feet. And he says over their whole bodies. They wanted to grow scales over their whole bodies. Why would they want to do that? He's saying that it makes their skin, um, it protects their skin and makes them less sensitive to being out in the sunlight and they could spend a lot more time in the water and they wanted to um, test the limits of what humans could do. That's interesting. So he showed me these uh, kind of um, almost snake-like blue-green scales that he showed me someone that um, got them and it showed that like he went little by little. He showed uh, me their feet and then they worked their way up their legs in the experimentation. So it's like, what now are these graphs or, or skin transplants or DNA changing? He's saying it's a little bit of both. That's really interesting. I didn't know any of this. All right. I mean, I've seen, you know, we've, we've all seen movies and TV shows where people, you know, get like genetic enhancement somehow and you know or you know some freak thing happens like they get bit by a radioactive spider or something and then they get these superhuman abilities but I never heard about this from Atlantis that people could grow gills I mean not I mean scales now I do have a memory of having gills in my neck that was a genetic enhancement and I had something else too where the coldness of the ocean didn't affect me and I could swim very fast and I had these gills in my neck and I could breathe underwater and I called myself a mermaid and fancied myself a mermaid but I wasn't really an actual mermaid because I believe that mermaids were actually there in Atlantis at that time it was a higher now uh, now Michael Sherhan were we in Atlantis um in was Atlantis kind of in the fifth dimension moving towards a third the way that I've speculated and Jude Dikoff when he was on the show a couple years ago he speculated about this so I, I want to ask about this so what do you th- what do you have to tell us about that um, were we uh, 
what did I just ask? Oh my God, I forgot. <laughs> I started thinking about Jude. I'm like, oh, dude, I miss you. So, <laughs> uh, oh, now my cat is coming up here. Hold on a minute. Sorry about that, guys. Um, I had to hold the baby, and this is, you know, the hour in which she likes to be rocked to, rocked and sung to. I had to sing Sentimental Reasons for her that calmed her down and now she's gone off again to play so <laughs> all right so michael sherhan you were saying ashtar uh, what what now um so you were asking me uh about if atlantis was in the fifth dimension and we would like to let you know that there was a multi-dimensionality back then as there is becoming one in your world right now you were in the fifth dimension and the third dimension with um, some influences of the fourth dimension but not as much as currently as you're moving back up out of density into the light as we like to call it into the fifth dimension you are experiencing a much heavier influence of the fourth dimension than you did when you went from the fifth down to the third. Now, Earth was always a third dimensional planet and you were in the third dimension, but your people had quite a higher vibration back then. And so you were vibrating, some of you or some of the people at that time were vibrating in even the seventh dimension as well as the fifth dimension in addition to holding the vibrational keys for the third dimension as well. So many of the people were um, spiritually advanced in addition to the technological advancements, although most of the people kept going towards density and focused only on the science and the technology and they strayed heavily away from the uh, spiritual aspects of life when things like meditation and holding one's mind in a stillness when these ideas started to fall out of fashion that was the destruction that's what led to the destruction of Atlantis when it was only the genetic enhancements and the technology and all of the things that you probably have read about in hundreds of books or seen in interviews or heard about in movies Uh, a lot of you have heard about these things it was um a complete and utter destruction. They destroyed themselves because they were not balanced in their minds. And this was not only a lesson for humanity, that humanity is only now beginning to recognize, realize, and remember, but also the Pleiadians. We learned a great deal from this lesson. We were openly flying in and trading with the citizens of Atlantis. And after that happened, we were um, not as 
recognized we were not needed as much. Somehow we just felt like we weren't, um, we weren't drawn in anymore the way that we had been. And we started to distance ourselves from the whole thing because we were, as you earthlings put it, we were quite shocked or freaked out that this had happened. Um, quite honestly, we didn't know what to make of it. We thought, here's a civilization that has everything at their fingertips. They're living in the third dimension with a lot of energy in the fifth dimension. And in the beginning, they were advanced, but also spiritually advanced. And then they slowly but surely forgot the spiritual side of things. And they went towards the uh, more heavy, denser topics such as technology and science. We were um, seeing more petty spats and fights among people in those communities of science and technology. And we saw a breakdown in the consciousness as they started to forget their origins. Um, and they also stopped holding on to, uh, traditions, uh, family traditions and holidays became, um, we don't want to say kind of a joke to them, but they didn't really, um, respond in kind or in the same way that they used to in the, in the past of their ancestors where, um, hardships and struggles before the Atlantis, uh, civilization was built, you know, thousands of years before those hardships and struggles of their ancestors were never considered after a certain point. And they weren't, um, looking to honor anybody. They lost connections with their spiritual teachers and guides, and they really just started to fall away to the wayside. And then when their civilization was destroyed, um, all, all that technology and science went with it. And in a very real way, uh, many of the cultures that had interacted with that slowly but surely uh, forgot what what had happened and again it's that energy of oh no oh no and being a little bit freaked out maybe PTSD maybe there was some repression on the parts of the other civilizations who had contact with them but a lot of um, a lot of your humanity just um went into mode where they were struggling for survival. And it was at the end of an age and the beginning of a different age when this happened. And if you, you even have this, uh, clue on your wheel of fortune card where, you know, it shows, you know, the wheel is turning and it shows Anubis, um, just barely coming up on that horizon with his ears about the surface. Well, imagine Atlantis is when Anubis was fully up at the top and he's coming down and he's starting to go with his ears underneath the surface. He's getting ready to take a deep dive or plunge into darkness and ignorance. 
and it's going to be a long time before he comes back up with his his uh, ears above the surface again and you are he's telling me i am aware you are aware of this yeah of course i mean i studied you know kabbalah and stuff so he's showing me this that i know from my own subconscious mind so he's showing me this he's so he's saying so you're now in that position of anubis popping his head up over that horizon line of the wheel of fortune if you wanted to look at this very special metaphor and um artwork that is in your famous original tarot cards so um and he's saying that because there's so many tarot cards that have nothing to do with the original artwork um that was chock full of symbolism and secret meanings that you would discover if you meditate on it <laughs> that's the original um you know the rider weight deck is very very close to the original um that's about the closest you're going to get commercially um, is that deck, but to the original secrets that were held within the, uh, with the cards. So, so he's telling me that, you know, I'm familiar with this. So he's showing me this and it's plus he says, it's interesting to talk about. So if you were going to say that you are Anubis, then, you know, the dog headed man who is incidentally from Syria, uh, Sirius, um, he's, he's saying he thinks he's from Sirius B star, um, a civilization on one of the planets that that's over there on the series. There's Sirius A and Sirius B. And he's like, I think it was Sirius B where, um, that race of beings, um, including Anubis, um, had their origins, their star origins. And so anyway, um, so if you were to look at this metaphor, we would like to say that you finally have your head above water <laughs> in the tarot card. It shows the tips of the ears of Anubis coming back around. But in reality, um, you have your, your whole neck and head are above the water and you're slowly, but surely emerging from this, your subconscious muck and mire, your subconscious mind. You are, coming back up to the surface as a human race. Now, most of you listening to this are probably, you know, in this metaphor, you're above the water from your heart up and you're merging fully and you're merging back into the fifth dimension nicely. We might add, we are quite pleased and proud of you, um, or pleased for you and proud of you that you've been able to come so far already. So we are here, um, to lend you an ear and encouragement and help in any way, shape or form. We wanted to tell you to keep reaching for the stars because you're reaching for your own family. When you do, we, uh, are 100% on board with your spiritual growth because that actually helps to grow the whole universe as you grow so does everyone else and as they grow so do you by the way nothing is not connected everything is connected in unison in unity so we wanted to let you know that we are 100% backing you we are your friends 
We are your distant relatives. We are your cousins. We know many of you have heard this before, but a lot of you are hearing this information for the very first time. And we wanted to let you know, um, we just wanted to let you know that if you say anchor blue, I mean, not anchor blue, excuse me, <laughs> anchor blue, where'd I get, ang- I'm, I'm doing this, I'm making this on the anchor app. Um, I'm sorry, Ashtar blue, Ashtar blue. If you say the words, the phrase Ashtar blue, and you know, we'll hear it like, oh no, not code blue, but you know, blue, because we like the color blue and you are the blue planet. So if you say Ashtar blue and then ask us for whatever it is that you need, we will do everything in our power to help you. And and remember to breathe in the little molecules that we send. It will have healing vibrational energy, sometimes packets of information in the little balls of light that we send you. Um, and this will be a lot of, um, you know, hope, you know, energy of, of healing, but also sometimes it'll be direct information of what else to do in your particular situation. You know, it might be a list of fruits or vegetables you can eat on your world that have the right amount of nutrition for whatever condition you're suffering. Uh, it might be, um, vitamins and minerals you could take or herbs, you know, so, um, we'll send you this information in the molecules we surround your body with. And as you take them in, eventually you're going to, um, understand our methods of communication in this way. Sometimes it'll show up in random things in your world. Sometimes it will be in your dreams. Sometimes it will be even in the clouds, if you're receptive to um, opening yourself up to receiving signs in the clouds or in various um, ways, such as leaves over the surface of a river or lake or um, tea leaves in your tea or coffee grounds in your coffee, whatever method that um, you relate to the most that you're most likely to notice sometimes we'll send you things, energy of things that will start to surround you. If we put it in your aura, you will attract it more and more. And then you'll see it more and more. Just, Oh, and I just looked and it's 522. <laughs> I did have to hold the baby for a while. So, <laughs> so another one, 22. So, um, so is so like that? Yeah, exactly. Like that. You're, going to be drawn towards certain numbers at certain times you will line up with certain energies at certain times and it will be because of the um you said freedom he says freedom the freedom molecules he says (laughs) he says sometimes we call them that because they can free you from pain from worry or stress or any number of things so just remember ashtar blue you just say Ashtar blue. I'm having a headache or a stomach ache or emotional trepidation. Ashtar blue. I'm having anxiety, something like that. And, um, we will immediately dispatch energy your way. And if you don't feel it or you want to feel it again, just ask us again. But you know, three requests in a row is more than enough. It's ample 
will definitely hear you. We have a lot of people in every uh, spaceship around, just sailing around using their empathic and telepathic capabilities to contact you and to listen for when you try to contact us. So don't worry and be rest assured that we are always here, here as support to lend our emotional and, and, um, mental and spiritual support and even our physical support, you know, at least it's energy right now, but at least in the future, we'll have more contact and we'll be able to help even more in that time. So no little cousins, how much we love you, how much we honor and respect you. And we're so proud of you and the way that you're able to move up to the fifth dimension. We see that many of you are already there. Many of you are experiencing the constant states and flows of joy and the reverberations throughout all of creation of the ecstasy of having been created. This is something that those of you who have not experienced this once, let alone continuously, this is something you have to look forward to. So, and now having said that, um, I do need to get back to my ship and the tasks at hand, but I send you my love, my heartfelt and sincere praise for what you are doing so valiantly for having volunteered to come here at this time to bring and raise yourselves up in to the fifth dimension. We love you very much. We, um, we're your family when we look forward to our family reunion in love and much light. I am Ashtar Michael Sherhan of the Pleiadian light forces and transmission. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this, uh, episode of metaphysical soul speak the podcast, and I'll be back tomorrow with all unique and original programming, just like always. But until then, I'm signing off. And by the way, I love all of you very, very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Don't forget to whatever it is on your device, like or subscribe. And if you want to leave a review on iTunes, if you love the show, please do so because I can use more reviews so I can get more views (laughs) or more listens. So thank you so much for um, also posting on all the social medias, Reddit. People have found me through Reddit now. So thank you for those of you who've done that as well as, um, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, whatever. Thank you so much for sharing, um, constantly sharing my show. Thank you. Um, if you haven't done it in a while, please do it. Please help me in that way. Um, we have to grow the show and the only way we could do it, the best way to do it is word of mouth. So tell everybody you know about the show. And anyway, that's it for now. I love you guys so much. I am signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the Holy Fifth Dimension. Until next time, guys, peace.
Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.